Hi, my name is Chris Cooper and welcome to the Busy Aviation Podcast. Today I'm on my own in the Busy Aviation Studio, otherwise known as my office, and in episode two we're going to talk about whether now is a good time to start commercial aviation training. There's been a lot of discussion about this, I suppose, just recently, with the obvious downturn and constant news about the airlines and their decline, expressions like they're on their knees, and and we're reading again and again how many of them probably won't survive. There's a lot of commercial flying schools on the other side of the fence who are saying that it's never been a better time to start commercial flying training. Then on the other side of it, there's unions and organisations like BALPA, the Independence of Pilots Associations, who've come out publicly and said, no, we're never going to suggest you become a pilot at the moment, and now would be a disastrous time to start flying training. So for all those youngsters and other people whose dream has been a career in commercial aviation. It's a really difficult decision to make uh, and not one that I would really envy at the moment. I mean, Balper came out and said, in this situation, it would be irresponsible if we did anything other than warn people to consider delaying their flight train at this time. This is not a positive picture for anyone whose heart is set on entering this profession. I suppose really an airline union like Balper needs to protect the job prospects of its members and by putting off someone who's new to the industry and potentially has a lot of money to invest in doing their training, they feel it's the right thing to do. I mean, traffic levels are predicted to exceed 2019 numbers in the next few years, but we really don't know when that's going to happen. And of course, a lot of people now have started to work remotely, which is going to cut down on business travel, uh, if not just normal domestic leisure travel. Business travel may never recover, depending on who you listen to. You know, as a budget holder, why would you want to send your staff across the world to have a meeting when you can knock that out on teams in a few minutes? Um, You know, no expenses, no jet lag, no danger of being infected with COVID or even the next virus that may hit us. So... What are we really seeing on the ground? Well, it would appear that a lot of the commercial flying schools are busy, although some are are reporting a 50% drop in numbers. I certainly see at uh, my local commercial flying school a good number of people that are signing up to carry out uh, either integrated or modular courses. I suppose that's again another question, particularly in the fixed wing world, is which one you would decide to do. An integrated course is is all in. So, you know, you're going to commit yourself to doing this course all at once at one school. Whereas I suppose a a modular course where you can come back, dip your toe in and drop back out again may be the more sensible solution at the moment. You could get certain bits done like your exams. Obviously, there's time limits on those and maybe get your CPL flying done or any hours building that you require rather than absolutely going all in for a integrated course where you're going to do everything all at once and with the expense that goes along with that so we were talking about numbers and when they would recover this has always been a problem in the industry is that if you start your training at the top of the boom when you see airlines saying, you know, we're going to run out of pilots and there's a massive trough coming, the likelihood is by the time you finish your training, you'll be at the bottom of the boom. Uh, and that's really been shown, you know, consistently, uh, certainly since I've been in commercial aviation for around you know, 35, 36 years, is that it's boom and bust. Now, I'm not a fixed wing pilot. I'm a, a commercial helicopter pilot. But the same really applies, although we are more 
dependent on the oil price. And so it's really difficult to know when to start. Boeing have stated that the demand for commercial pilots and technicians was robust, but it would take about three years for airline traffic to return to 2019. The aircraft manufacturer, you know, Boeing, said the industry would need 763,000 pilots by 2039. We see these figures produced, and I'm not really quite sure how they actually work these figures out. Obviously, it's to their advantage as an aircraft manufacturer to say that there's going to be a huge pilot requirement. So I suppose what's happened to the pilots that are qualified, that were in the airlines, I mean, a great deal of them are furloughed. The furloughed scheme in the UK is now finishing. And I think, from what I've seen, that there's a lot of unemployed commercial pilots that have left the industry and maybe not come back particularly those ones that have been bitten more than once with the downturns. Um, we've seen the likes of Flybe even before the uh, pandemic go broke, and there's been many other examples. So some of those guys and girls have thought, well, do I really want to be living my life in this constant, really, five to seven-year cycle of boom and bust? And you know, the airlines, to be fair, some of them are good, and, and some of them have done everything they can to hold on to their staff. Uh, for when there is a potential recovery but others are, are very much higher and fire so people have looked outside of the industry for something a little bit more stable bearing in mind that most of the pilots that enter this kind of industry or sorry the people who are going to enter this kind of industry are not daft they're not stupid uh, and some of them and a lot of them have other skills or have come from other industries and they can use those skills elsewhere there's no industry at the moment outside of healthcare, I suppose, that has a particularly rosy future. And this constant cycle of boom and bust weighs heavily on, on pilots' minds. And, and we see it all the time. And that dream of a lifelong career in aviation has turned just a little bit sour, really, for many. What could happen, though, is that the experience balance uh, could really shift and that the hairy old veterans industry may not be there to provide the right-hand seat to the, or the left-hand seat to the newly anointed co-pilots. Sorry, I was talking about helicopters there for a moment. Uh, of course, in the fixed-wing world, the captain sits in the left-hand seat most of the time. From a personal point of view, would I do it all again? Well, I suppose it's slightly different for me. I'm more towards the end of my flying career, but I came from a military background like a lot of others did uh, back in the day. Unfortunately, didn't have to spend you know, the same kind of money, although I did spend uh, a significant sum of money on leaving. And I was, uh, you know, this is a, an example, bitten. I was a, a helicopter pilot in the Air Force, but I had a fixed wing license. Uh, and when I left, I was determined to go to the airlines and pursue a career in, in the fixed wing world. Uh, I fly fixed wing for fun, uh, and it was always my ambition. However, 9-11 came along and the rug was well and truly pulled away from under my feet and I was very lucky to get another helicopter job which has led where I am now really. So I paid for my training really in a, in a multitude of other ways um, and, and some of which uh, I think I'm still paying for. So a helicopter pilot you know is another option and we have seen the helicopter industry continue through the pandemic it's hit some parts of the industry harder than others the corporate world obviously has been quite hard hit but that was recovering the oil industry so energy 
has not been as badly affected, although there has been a significant downturn in passenger numbers that has now recovered to pre-pandemic levels. And of course, all the emergency services, things like Search and Rescue and HEMS has continued throughout the last year and a half. So maybe a helicopter career is a sounder bet than the fixed wing career at the moment. But of course, it all depends what you want to do. And also getting into helicopters is much more expensive. The instrument rating in particular is a great deal more expensive. And the job market is a lot smaller. And some of the jobs that uh, people would like to get into straight away, like HEMS, particularly single pilot HEMS, you need a good deal of experience before the industry will entertain you. But it is definitely uh, an option. And it's not directly connected with the ups and downs of the airline world, although, as I've mentioned before, it does have its own boom and bust cycle, unfortunately. But the oil price has held up uh, amazingly throughout the pandemic and there is obviously supply problems so it potentially is an industry where we could see recruitment in the future although as a long-term industry energy well particularly oil and gas not uh, renewables is probably like stepping into a bath when someone's already taken the plug out Um, it's not going to be a massively expanding industry although we may see for the next five years uh, increased activity funding uh, the uh, activities of the renewable industry in particular so I think I said at the start of this um, would I do it all again and, and of course the answer is absolutely yes it was always my dream to be a pilot uh, and I followed it at times it hasn't been easy I've been extremely lucky and luck does come into a lot of this to be honest Uh, you can get extremely lucky so when we think about when we're starting our training when we're going to finish the training and what state the industry will be in it's very hard to predict however you can get lucky Uh, I was unlucky when I left the Air Force in a way that there were no fixed wing jobs available Uh, I was very lucky to find a job flying HEMS and uh, offshore support which has kept me employed for the last 18 years So that's luck in itself. I would say if you can't afford to do it now, then follow your dream anyway and start working on it. Be that just a a PPL, gliding, microlight flying, just get a foot inside the door somehow. If it really is your dream, you will work it out. You will find a way to do it. And once you start studying for your ATPL, uh, those skills that you gain are incredibly valuable. Their life skills, their skills that are attractive to other industries, probably a little bit underappreciated as what pilots have to go through. And even once you're qualified, of course, there is an endless litany of checks. We're the most regulated industry in the world, even outside of healthcare. You know, we're constantly being checked, constantly being tested. So those skills are actually attractive to uh, other industries. And I think the pandemic has really brought this to the fore where we've seen pilots maybe some of them you know at the start I think the whole of the um, supermarket delivery service for for a while was was staffed by by uh, airline pilots uh, particularly the youngsters again not obviously a, a career probably that they thought of but having watched LinkedIn I've seen lots of people having just stepped inside you know a van for a few weeks few months and have now moved up the chain and you know, are into absolutely uh, new careers 
and maybe they won't come back or, or maybe they will who knows but I would just say go for it because whatever you do it will either be the completely right time the completely wrong time but you will work it out and those skills that you gain you might not put them into use straight away on the flight deck but you know they are worth a lot to someone somewhere else uh, you've just got to find that person or that company that will really help you uh, get through this period of uncertainty. I did mention military training there. I'm a product of the military training system. It's not uh, for everybody. Um, it uh, is something that you've really got to want to do. I mean, the services will tell you that uh, you are an officer first or in the army, you can join as a NCO, but you're an officer first and an aviator second. I'm not sure how much that really holds these days because you're not generally in charge of huge numbers of troops or airmen or sailors, although services vary. But it is an interesting option, but you have to make sure that you are well and truly committed to the idea because it is armed forces service. If you're actually called upon to do your job in some theatre throughout the world, then that's what you've got to do. And you can't really go into this thinking it's just a route to the airlines or a route to some other civilian career. You've really got to be 100% committed to the actual idea of serving, I think is probably the best way to put it. Uh, it's thoroughly enjoyable. I wouldn't have changed it for the world. There are some bits of it that uh, I would quite happily have left behind. But it's definitely an option, although certainly not the easy route that some people think it might be. I hope that's given you some ideas as to what I think are the routes into civilian commercial aviation at the moment and whether it's actually worth pursuing your dream at the present time. I still think it is. I don't regret a moment what I've done and I see lots of other people in the same position. Well, that's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening and I hope I may have given you some food for thought about entering the world of commercial aviation. Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. Then you won't miss out on our next episode where we hope to have someone from the world of commercial flying training to give their views on starting a commercial flying course. If you haven't already, please stop by our website at busyaviation.co.uk, browse the blog, check out the aircraft for sale, have a look through some of the videos. For more aviation views, please sign up to our newsletter. Thanks for listening.